Hello and welcome to the latest We Are Guernsey podcast, where we bring you the latest developments from Guernsey's financial services industry. If you haven't listened to some of our previous podcasts already, you can do so on your preferred podcast platform or via the on-demand page at weareguernsey.com. My name's Rosie Alsop. I'm Communications Director here at We Are Guernsey. That's the brand under which Guernsey Finance as an agency promotes the island of Guernsey's specialist financial services in its respective chosen markets. For those of you who aren't familiar with Guernsey, the island is a leading global finance centre of substance, stability and security committed to the cause of sustainable finance as a member of several United Nations environment initiatives and having been proactive in developing sustainable products and services. To find out more about Guernsey's success in sustainable finance, you can tune into our sister podcast, the Guernsey Green Finance Podcast. Today, we're focusing on South Africa and why Guernsey is the jurisdiction of choice for many South Africans in the investment funds and private wealth space. Guernsey has for many years enjoyed synergies with South Africa and continues to further develop that relationship. Guernsey's long been regarded as a leading financial services market for South Africa in investment funds, pensions and private wealth. And today I am delighted to welcome my guest, Kobe Kruger, who is an advisory partner at Citadel. Kobe, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rosie, and thanks for the opportunity to be able to speak to you and the listeners. That's no problem at all. So I'd like to introduce you to our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and how you ended up working at Citadel? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been in the financial services industry for a long time, uh, more than 25 years. Um, started my career in fund management. Um, and with the first relaxation of exchange controls in South Africa, which was in the 90s, uh, got the opportunity to go to the UK and actually start an asset management business there for the APSA banking group. Um, and so I spent 10 years in the UK uh, and had the privilege of actually visiting your beautiful island uh, on numerous occasions, including, including the, other, uh, the other channel islands as well. Um, and then came back to South Africa um, in 2009, um, where I really focused in on um, setting up international structures for life insurance businesses. Um, although I did do quite a big project whilst I was in the UK with the South African Life Insurer. Um, and that's sort of what I've been doing for a long time. Um, in, the, in the time that I was sort of structuring these investment solutions for South Africans, specifically using insurance contracts, um, I built up quite a private client uh, base. Uh, and so a couple of years ago when... Um, I uh, decided not to continue with the uh, formal corporate life. Um, I decided to formalize my private client practice with Citadel, um, but has since been uh, uh, getting involved in structuring some, some international insurance contracts again. And so um, that's how we've basically been linked up through We Are Guernsey and why we're on this podcast today. I see. So, Kobe, can you explain what an international life branch is and how it benefits policyholders? 
Yeah, sure. So um, from a South African perspective, um, you know, international investments with the relaxation of exchange controls have become, um, you know, very mainstream actually. And this is this is investments where South Africans convert their money into hard currency, send it out of the country, and then invest in it, or invest in various investment opportunities. But that creates potential pitfalls. Things like, how do I transfer the asset from one generation to the next? The tax administration of such an investment, probate applications, and all sorts of things comes, comes into play, which could make it very difficult uh, for South Africans to have these sort of international investments. And what has actually transpired is that using an insurance contract, an investment insurance contract, you can actually address a lot of these pitfalls. But now, of course, the challenge is that South African life insurers, who are the only ones who are allowed to sell insurance-type products in South Africa, uh, don't have foreign operations. And that's when the concept of creating a branch in a international financial center became a solution. So it's, it's a branch of a South African life insurance company. It's not a separate legal entity. And why that is important is that that then means that the investment is taxed and administered by the life insurance company. The life insurance company does all the heavy lifting, so to speak, and the end client enjoys um, a very pain-free and administratively easy, uh, efficient and convenient way of investing their money directly overseas, but in a solution that takes care of all the potential pitfalls. A classic one is the sort of intergenerational transfer. So how do I, a lot of people in South Africa, if you ask them, why am I, why are you investing the money overseas? It's, you know, it's for my kids, uh, mostly for my kids' potential international education. But then the next question is, but how are you going to transfer that investment from your own name to your child's name? And so that's where a life or an insurance contract becomes very useful because you can, of course, nominate a beneficiary. And by nominating a beneficiary, you get this very smooth transfer from one generation to the next without the need uh, for probate, a probate process or application of probate, which is winding up the estate, either in Guernsey or in South Africa. So it's a very uh, smooth process. Uh, for clients uh, to invest. There are many other uh, advantages as well of investing or using these type of products. Um, um, and in fact, we've just recently um, uh, launched a book, uh, which is called The Practical Guide to International Investments, uh, that actually explains all of this in a lot of detail. Um, so, um, so I hope that answers your question. Yeah, very much so. Um how many South African firms currently have international life and international banking licenses in Guernsey, Kobe? So at the moment, um, there are four 
international uh, South African life companies with branch licenses in Guernsey. One of them are very much dormant, and that is as a result of um, corporate actions that took place over the last couple of years. But the good news is that there's actually two applications in with the GFSC at the moment for two new branches. So that will take the total up to six. And then from a banking perspective, there are two South African banks that have fully fledged uh, operations in, in Guernsey. So a very solid uh, representation from South Africa uh, in Guernsey and probably explains why you sometimes uh, bump into South Africans uh, in the pub uh, when you're in Guernsey. There's a lot of South Africans in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> now, further to my question before, Kobe, why should other South African firms be looking at international banking licenses and life offices? Can you explain a bit about the advantages and benefits of setting up in Guernsey? Yeah, um, Rosie, uh, I would say that, you know, the main reason uh, I suppose is driven by client, client demand. Um, you know, we're living in a more and more globalized world, although COVID has, has clearly thrown a spanner in that works a little bit. But the reality is that people don't invest by geographical borders anymore. And even more so in the case of the South Africa, which is an emerging market and where, you know, diversification uh, outside of the borders of South Africa, both from a risk perspective, but also from an opportunity perspective, is a very simple, basic and good investment philosophy. And so, you know, to cater for those needs, um, more and more South African firms need to set up international infrastructure uh, to be able to, to accommodate uh, their clients. Um, so that would, I would say, is, you know, is one of the main reasons why South African firms should look internationally. But then the next question is, you know, where? Um, and so tax neutrality actually becomes quite an important consideration when you go overseas, not because of any um, sinister objective, but just from an administrative perspective, you don't necessarily want to be um, uh, taxed more than once and then have to go through the big administrative process of, um, of you know, claiming refunds under double taxation agreements and all those types of things. So investing via tax neutral jurisdiction becomes a very important tax planning tool. Um, and... Um, and, and that's why a jurisdiction like Guernsey uh, is very relevant. Um, and then, of course, now, if you take it a step further, I mean, the, U the United Kingdom and South Africa has a very, very long history, as we all know. And as a result, the uh, Channel Islands have a very long history with South Africa. So I think, you know, there's also a familiarity uh, when it comes to, you know, a, a, an overseas jurisdiction. Uh, and Jersey, uh, Guernsey, Jersey, and Isle of Man are obviously well-known jurisdictions to the South African markets. Guernsey, I would say more so because obviously more mainstream South African brands have been, um, you know, have been active in that market. And then lastly, I would just say that, you know, 
when a South African client wants to invest their money overseas, they want to preferably deal with a brand that they know and trust. So if uh, the South African investor can invest with a local brand that they know and trust where they can go and knock on the door, but that company has the ability and the necessary infrastructure to deal with the international investments, then that is sort of the utopia. That's the perfect solution, uh, you know, from the from the investor in South Africa's perspective. So very much driven by by client demand. I would I would summarize. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I you know I get what you're saying about um, the the Channel Islands, Jersey, Guernsey, and also the Isle of Man as well being uh, known in South Africa, but. Um, why, what do you think sets Guernsey apart from other jurisdictions? Um, I would say, um, and, and, and hereby I'm not saying the other jurisdictions are not reputable, but I think Guernsey has, has a very reputable, and you actually alluded to that in your introduction, as a very reputable jurisdiction, um, um, has the necessary infrastructure, um, has the right... Um, um, service providers and people of good skill and knowledge. Of course, the fact that there's many South Africans help because you now can deal in a foreign jurisdiction, but with people that actually understand the local environment as well, which is a which is a great plus. Um, and then, as I said, you know, uh, I think the fact that mainstream, you know, South African brands have uh, have set up in Guernsey has helped to give the jurisdiction, um, you know, a, a good a good reputation um, and therefore made, has made South African clients very comfortable, uh, you know, with with Guernsey as a as a, a, a as a jurisdiction. I would also maybe just add that I, I've I've always found it very easy to do business in Guernsey. Uh, in my personal capacity, as opposed to some other jurisdictions outside of the Channel Islands. Um, so uh, I think Guernsey has done a lot there, uh, and especially the regulator, the GFSC, has done a lot there to, to stimulate a positive business environment and in sort of an open-door policy. I've personally visited the GFSC on numerous occasions, and I've found the people there you know, very open-minded and willing to engage um, whilst, you know, still ensuring that it's a well-regulated environment um, where you, um, you know, where the, the rules and the regulations are abide by. That's very nice of you to say. So in what way would the average South African benefit from, from this product as opposed to a traditional retirement saving options? Well, the key, uh, good question. Um, the key is, of course, that it um, it helps clients to invest uh, in foreign uh, or, or you know international currency and 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 investment opportunities, um, as opposed to traditional retirement um, savings. Although we have also got a very um, solid. Um, retirement, international retirement plan option, uh, which has been available for some time out of Guernsey, uh, which is actually a significant move on from the old CureOps type structures. Um, this product is more, you know, using a, a, a branch 
endowment type uh, insurance contract is very flexible. Um, you are not linked into it uh, like, you, uh, like you would in a retirement product where you have a specific age by which after which you can take the money out. So it's very flexible, it's liquid. Um, and, um, you know, it can be monies, obviously, that has been lying in a bank account for some time or new monies. You can actually consolidate your international investment through a product like this, which is, which is um, very positive. But, but I would say one of the big things is the ease of administration. So if you, for instance, want to invest in multiple investment opportunities through a product like this you get consolidated administration and consolidated reporting so you can see your entire investment portfolio in one place and then because the administration both of the investments and the taxation is taken care of by the life of it it really removes that burden from the individual to have complicated tax returns and so on and so forth it's all done by the life insurance uh, uh, company. And of course, like in many countries, um, there are certain instances where uh, institutions, like for instance, a life office, has a slightly better rate of taxation than the individual in their own right. So depending on your personal circumstances, you get the tax administration and a better tax rate. Um, but it's overarchingly the ease of administration that makes these products so popular. Um, in fact, I can quote this number to you. We are anticipating that the net new flows into products like this, and granted, it's not all Guernsey as the jurisdiction, but the majority would be Guernsey as the jurisdiction, will be in excess of uh, 30 billion rand, which is one and a half billion pounds wow. of investments that will go into these type of products uh, for the calendar year 2021. So it has really become a mainstream solution for South Africans. Yeah, very much so. Kobe, what would you say are the typical characteristics of a South African firm expanding internationally? Yeah, it's... it's um, I mean, obviously, I'm talking out about it more from a financial services perspective. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's very much driven, as I said earlier on, by client demand. Um, South Africans, um, you know, it would be a financial services company that has high net worth clients who are by default becoming more globalized and therefore you know, that's the sort of company. So it will be banks, insurance companies. You know, that's the sort of characteristics of South African companies um, wanting to expand internationally. Having said that, though, um, what we have seen in the past uh, are companies that had big ambitions to become global brands. And I think with the exception of a very few, sadly, it's not been that successful. So those companies who thought that they could just go overseas and port their, you know, brand value, their products and services, um, realized that it's not that straightforward. Um, um, so I think nowadays people have realized that and it's very much driven by client demand and offering from a financial services perspective, clients, the infrastructure and capability um, to meet their global demands. Okay. Um, would you say it's a time-consuming or onerous process? 
Um, yes, it, it, it definitely is. Um, and I would, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. Of course, it will depend on what your objective is, as I just said. But um, yes, it is a time-consuming process. It can be very onerous, especially from a regulatory perspective. Because, of course, um, you know, I'm talking again specifically financial services. Once you set up in a jurisdiction like Guernsey, you must realize that you have to fully comply with Guernsey regulations and South African regulations. And so what very often happens is there could be ambiguity between two sets of regulations. And therefore, you then have to navigate that to ensure that you can be compliant with both sets of, sets of regulations. So that's a very important part. And of course, uh, in a in a you know common reporting standards or CRS environment that has become even more um, importantly, South Africa of course has a very developed, highly developed uh, financial services sector. But there are some parts of regulation because it's become so involved that could potentially be lagging between you know what's happening here versus what's happening in the rest of the world and. And that can potentially be a big challenge. And then I suppose um, one of the other things that is always important to bear in mind is, is that, um, you know, the South African currency currently is trading 1 to 20 against the pound. So, you know, in you, when you're budgeting for, uh, you know, setting up international uh, operations and you start looking at the cost uh, of doing it, you know, employing lawyers and tax consultants and other consultants and various, uh, you know, service providers, you really have to be very certain of your business case uh, that it's going to be, be be worth your while. So, so definitely a lot of detail and and hence why um, getting expertise, expert knowledge and expert uh, opinions and consultants involved is a is a key success factor as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I can, I can see why you would say that. Do you have to have high capital requirements to do it? Um, depending on what you want to do, you could have, but um, you don't necessarily. So if, I'm, if I talk specifically um, in reference to the branch requirements uh, for South African life insurance companies, um, and just thinking about one of your previous questions, um, I think Guernsey has actually done a great job here in making it very accessible to South African um, companies by allowing them to have uh, insurance business licenses to um, uh, to conduct international insurance business. Um, under a branch structure. Because if you think about it, because it's a branch and not a new legal entity, the branch actually draws on the capital pool or balance sheet of the local South African life insurance company. And the local life insurance industry is very well regulated on a par with Solvency II regulations. And therefore, that, of course, gives the Guernsey regulator a lot of comfort that the South African company is properly capitalized. And because this is a branch that is set up in Guernsey, it draws on the strength of that balance sheet. So from a 
your investment, uh, you, what we refer to as a unit linked investment without guarantees, without capital guarantees, uh, it's actually very capital efficient. And as I said earlier on, I think that's where the GFSC has really distinguished themselves from perhaps some other jurisdictions, especially onshore jurisdictions, uh, to make it very possible and very economically viable um, for South African life insurers to, to set up these types of businesses uh, in the jurisdiction. Okay. Thank you, Kobe. Well, that, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for today. Um, I'd like to th say thanks very much for your time and your specialist insights. It's fascinating to hear about um, international life branches, and I can see why this kind of product is so, so attractive. And it's also always very nice to hear so many positive comments about our regulator as well. Now, if you'd like to find out more about Guernsey and its specialist financial services sector, head to our website, weareguernsey.com, and you can listen to more podcasts of this nature by checking out the We Are Guernsey podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, it's goodbye from Guernsey.